So you're good to go? Yes. Excellent. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And before we start today's interview, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to whichever channel you're listening in from or watching. And today I have a, a great guest and a, an amazing guest. And I know I say this on every episode, but this this one is close to my heart. I, I have the lovely Helen Lindman with me. Um, I, I would call her my black card book sister <laughs> she's an amazing author and i will uh, jump right in and introduce you to her thank you so much helen for joining me today thank you danielle i'm so glad to join you here <laughs> oh that's amazing and uh just before we get started can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to where you are today Yes, uh, I can share briefly a long story, but uh, I'm Helen Lidman, uh, author of um, the book Never Again, The Evil Cycle of Addiction. Uh, I'm 41 years old, living in Stockholm, Sweden, um, and got to know you through Blackheart Books. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yes. And um, well, my story is... Um, uh, from childhood, being uh, struggling with finding identity, uh, feeling lost, lonely, uh, void, you know. Um, and uh, quite early in my teens, find uh, a refuge in alcohol. Uh, and uh, it, it got me already then, uh, early teens. And um, uh, I was stuck uh, for... Uh, one and a half decade, more or less, uh, wow. until I um, I got. Uh, uh, I need to find the right words for this. Uh, I got an excuse to quit uh, briefly. Uh, I got pregnant, uh, and uh, I made a decision that I wanted to do what I could for this child I was bearing, and. Um, at that point, I I got I got and I received help uh, from um, from the medical care system here in in Sweden, and, and it it was uh, very struggling at first, very struggling. Uh, I was in a relationship, uh, a roller coaster relationship, a uh, couple of years uh, with. Uh, his, uh, father of my son um, and I decided after only a year to separate from him um, yeah. and I was you know uh, standing in this <laughs> by myself uh, mm -hmm. also trying to handle my, my own sobriety yeah. and um, I finally received uh real help because I had some support from, from this uh, therapist I, I went to, but I still felt um, I was so overconsumed with uh, negative emotions mm -hmm. and feelings and thinking and feeling drained literally. So I wasn't really content with life at all. Um, and uh, I went there for maybe two years. Uh, and uh, finally, she said to me, uh, you know, Helen, we can we have done what we can do for you here now. 
So you need to yeah, continue elsewhere. And she, um, she pointed me in the direction to a 12-step fellowship, uh, which uh, became my new pack. And I learned about this, uh, this uh, evil cycle of addiction and what is truly uh, what it truly means. It's not just uh, that the, the alcohol is, is my refuge. It's uh, so much complicated. Just as we are complicated as human beings, this mm-hmm. disease of addiction is equally complicated. It affects every part of us, physical, yeah. mentally, and spiritual. Um, so this is where, what I, I have been urged to share uh, in my book, how, how this, in, in detail, how it affects man, mankind in all these parts. Um, and now I've been sober for uh, 13 years, uh, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's, it's an ongoing, <laughs> it's still yeah. ongoing, you know, day by day. Uh, and I have gone through very, very tough seasons lately, uh, and I haven't had uh, alcohol on my top of mind at all. It, mm-hmm. I have turned to this fellowship to... Uh, to God, as I have come to know God, strengthen my life, <clears throat> and this is that—that's the solid foundation for me now. So Imagine. I have a new, new escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I will talk about your book a little bit later on because you do mention when I when I got the opportunity to read it, uh, you just present. Um, addiction in a very in a different way and I thought it was very uh, interesting coming from somebody who's lived it that the words that you use are you know words we're not using in trying to help people with addiction so I, I we'll take that but before we started I know you wanted to open up the uh, the interview with a reading uh, so this is the first time that we're doing this on the podcast so I'm gonna leave the mic to you uh, to open up this uh, this uh, this episode with uh, with a beautiful reading. Thank you, Daniel. Yes, as I told you, I wanted to share a reading of um, of a prayer, uh, since my faith is uh, what I lean on in every assignment I do. Uh, so I want to share uh, a prayer where I welcome Holy Spirit into this session we have today. Mm-hmm. So... I welcome you, most Holy Spirit, into everything that comes into my way today. Into every relationship, I welcome you. With every person that crosses my path and in every conversation, I welcome you. In each and every circumstance, I welcome you. In every situation that arises, planned and unplanned, I welcome you. And through every challenge and ease of movement, I welcome you. Let me always remember, I am not here on my own effort, but by the power of your mighty spirit, 
that sustains me by the light and life of your loving spirit that moves through me. I ask for wisdom and I ask for courage to approach this day with love, faith and confidence. And I ask for discernment and a clear vision so I may remain on the high path of grace, always open to you, my most high God. And I ask for your guidance so I may stay out of my own way. I release now my need for security and acceptance. I release my need for approval and affection. I let go of my need for control. I let go of my need to be right. For I trust as I live this day, in and through the presence of you, my living God, all things will work together for good. All things will work together for my healing, for my transformation, and my deepest longing to know you, Christ, and to love you, Christ, and to live in you, Christ, my truest self. Let it be so. Um. Thank you very much. It is a beautiful message. Um, of I really like that. That's a beautiful, beautiful message. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share it. <laughs> no, and that's I could see how that can give you strength every day when you're wake up every day, starting a new day. I think it's a wonderful message. Thank you for sharing. Uh, now we can dive right in and uh, ask you, because uh, you did mention a little bit on your introduction about the addiction and uh, the struggles that you, you may face sometimes. And what are some of the biggest challenges that uh, you had to deal with while recovering from addiction? Uh, I think the main point was that uh, I first... I didn't um, actually realize what that I was mm. an addict, that I had uh, a disease called alcoholism, uh, because I was so in I was in denial, in a romanticizing idea right. of alcohol, and uh, uh, using it as uh, my elixir for life <laughs> whenever uh, if I wanted to feel good if I was sad if I was uh, in anxiousness it, it was my solution for every kind of situation um, so when I finally decided that I should uh, quit temporarily it was only temporarily when I first started and uh, for the sake of my son, and I had no, you know, uh, promises that this would be a lifetime decision. Um, mm -hmm. 
so the challenge at that time was, can I do this? Can, can I not, not drink? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how am I going to manage? Because it had been, uh, as I, as I mentioned, it had been my dearest friend from early teens, the only thing, the only one I could truly count on to, to stand by my side in every, every matter. Um, so that was the first challenge. Can I do this? And how, how, how is, uh, am I supposed to get to gain the strength <clears throat> to say no? Um, but I think I had a, like a quite strong psychological, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, shield mm-hmm. at the time because I could focus. It's, it's not only for my sake. It's it's mostly for for the baby, you know. Um, but uh, when I finally received what I say, my mm-hmm. my true help when I received help from another uh, alcoholic who could explain to me what 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 it truly means. Uh, this uh, this addiction it is not about alcohol it's it's more about the the internal what's going mm-hmm. on inside on the what's going on on the inside you know? yeah. um, and um, when I could identify you know in, in what I describe in the book that I get a certain reaction when I actually drink I could re- I could relate to when I start drinking alcohol. There's no point that where I'm satisfied. Yeah. It's just it goes for another and another and another and another and another. There's no uh, natural point when I feel okay now. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and that I, from time to time, you know, get to a point when I feel like I can't go on like this. You know, this uh, uh, I need to quit. I need to make a change. And and I I realize that uh, the alcohol is, you know, destroying for destroy, destroying mm-hmm. my life. But after a while, since I don't have. Um, uh, any tools <laughs> to handle this internal frustration, uh, this empty hole that I was trying to describe uh, in my introduction, uh, feeling you know lost and lonely and just hopeless. Yeah. The idea of alcohol is there in a bit. Again, even though I said like, no, never mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So the the challenge is uh, to to stay in the decision. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Well. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it doesn't come. I, I I couldn't do it by myself. You know, I needed help, and um, and I received it. <clears throat> so I I I like to uh, put it like that. You know. You don't only have to ask for help. You have to receive it. Yeah. 
And that's a good point because you can ask, but you need to be ready to um, to take it, to, to yes. get the help and to do the work that comes with it. And I uh, I love what you said that to uh, the challenge was to stay in the decision to, to, to stay sober, which is uh, for somebody who hasn't lived it, it seems uh, trivial. It just seems, like, well, well, yeah, that's what you want to do. But um, for somebody who's living the addiction, it's yeah. it, that says it all. It's a very powerful statement. My challenge yes. was to stay in the decision. Yeah, it is and, because if we, if you could, if I have could say in the decision, it wouldn't ever have been mm-hmm. a problem. That's right. Yeah. And that's what kind of leads me to to the next question, because I mentioned uh, earlier, you present addiction in such a different way than what we've known. And that was one thing that I said when I worked with my clients that I will look at it differently. Uh, I can bring on a different approach to help to help uh, that person. But you, you talked about that reaction. And uh, it's you get a reaction almost like a not an allergic reaction, but there is a a trigger then then it's just out of your control can you can you kind of explain a little bit more to you what what does that look like for you in terms of addiction that that reaction that yes. you get because that is uh, is how it's put in the, in the 12 step uh, literature uh, uh, which was uh, also written by a, um, a doctor actually in when I don't know, in the early 1940s, 1939, I think <laughs> it was the mm-hmm. first time that, that book was published, um, that they describe it that uh, an alcoholic uh, or an addict, whatever symptom uh, may be, is that the, it gets uh, an abnormal reaction in the body that is not common for, mm-hmm. uh, in generally common. And for an alcoholic, that would be uh, the abnormal reaction. This, uh, as I described, uh, the the craving for more mm-hmm. alcohol. Well, um, and some natural or normal uh, reaction uh, to alcohol would be okay. I can have a glass or two, and that is fine. And it doesn't bother me. Uh, yeah. it, it can also be that. Uh, they don't really uh, like their reaction, you know, coming with nausea or headache or dizziness, mm-hmm. which is completely normal. Thinking that this is uh, like um, actually poison, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> One puts in into the body, mm-hmm. uh, but the abnormal reaction is that there there's no natural stopping point. Yeah however much is consumed. That's right. That's right. And that's the part that uh, needs to be understood. It is, you can't, it's not something you can just stop. It really is an abnormal reaction. So we can't use it as a, like a, a, like you said, a normal reaction as a reference point, because that does not exist in an addict's world. So approaching it as, well, just stop. It's not going to happen because there's that uh, abnormal uh, trigger, I guess, in in the body, it's physical, and it's yes. it, it, yeah, it, it is, and it's it can be related to other kinds of addictions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, food, for example, mm-hmm. is no 
natural point of contentment how how much i i eat or or for sex i can have so many sexual engagements but it doesn't feel this true in, inner void uh, or or work i can sit and work for hours and hours and hours uh, but there's no natural point when i think okay now i'm done it's finished it's enough yeah yeah and that uh, if, if people could understand that, I think it would be more prepared to help people through it is to know that there is no stopping point. Mm. Um, that void is bottomless. It's limitless. It, it just is keeps bottomless. Going. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how did you, what, what helped you uh, get through uh, those difficult times? Because you did mention some of So when you mm. decided, okay, yeah, this needs just never again. I'm never doing this again. Um, yes. What helped you to get through it and get healthy? Yes, eventually I got to that point <laughs> that I wanted yeah. really to stick to my decision. Uh, never again. Or actually it came to like, I'm not ready to start drinking yet. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I think my son was about a year, so still a toddler. And uh, I felt this obsession in my mind of alcohol just chasing me. Mm. Uh, I was tempted when I saw other people having their drinks for dinner. And, and I was like, what is this? I don't, I don't want this why am i tempted why do i have this very strange thoughts longing for something that i don't want that's not good for me mm -hmm. and that's when i realized you know i can't do this on my own i cannot do this on my own in my own strength mm -hmm. how how much uh, how much i even want to i cannot you know put those thoughts away yeah. um so i asked for help uh, in uh, this 12-step fellowship i was in mm -hmm. and uh, i asked asked the woman uh, she put it like this all this is all on voluntary basis you know uh, but she put it like this in the meeting i was so that uh, i don't i don't come here any longer to to quit drinking I continue because I don't want to start again. Mm. And that was what I needed at that time. I didn't want to start again. So I went up to this lady and I was like, it's like, uh, you know, asking someone for a date. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I was a bit uh, nervous. But uh, I asked, okay, hey. Can you help me? <laughs> I, I, I think I need this. Uh, I need to, to dive into this, uh, which is, you know, the, the program. It's a 12-step it's a method. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and she said, sure. Uh, and there's, uh, there's a literature we use. It's called the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous mm -hmm. uh, book. And... Um, she said, oh, you got the book? Uh, uh, I said, yeah, I got it. And I read it. So I'm done, you know. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> <ready>. I'm done. <laughs> so naive. 
<laughs> that she was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll start up. And um, it's one thing to read this book page to page uh, or cover to cover. And it's one thing to practice what it's uh, su- the suggestions. It's uh, completely different. Completely different. So uh, she, uh, she guided me and um, uh, first that I finally could admit that I am powerless. I am so powerless unto this uh, alcohol and this unmanageable life I was living on the inside. Mm-hmm. Didn't manage my negative thinking, my negative emotions, all this spinning. Uh, and uh, through the practices by, by the the steps one to twelve, I I received this strength. It's it's promised once you work these steps to have a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. and uh, and that is what I have received. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also want to to share with the world. Uh, I think uh, most uh, most people not in this um, who, who are not have been involved in twelve step. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the description of of the disease is quite new. But for those who have been engaged in in these uh, communities, uh, they for sure know everything about what's in this book already. So I I really want to create a a larger awareness globally, you know, because even new people who hear about this and then they say like I had no idea it was this complicated it, I understand why I just cannot stop yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's uh it's you you really uh touched on a on a good point there that it's one thing I read the book I'm done <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now no the work itself and this is why it's such a struggle and why people will sometimes um fall back into bad, bad habits because it's, it's the work itself um but if you stick to it and not doing it alone that's the other thing too is it's too much to take on uh, by yourself and it's, it's an important message to send out there and that's kind of kind of where I want to lead to with with the next question is this is with this podcast I always like to to bring things that people don't talk about either because it's you know something that we just never used to talk about or something that may uh, trigger other people but is there from your point of view and from what you've lived is there anything that families and loved ones really need to know about the person that is struggling that that person may not be able to express depending on where they are in their uh, healing um and the kind of help that they wish they would get that people are not giving them because they're they're thinking it's it's oh we'll just stop you know uh, snap out of it and, and stop drinking uh, is there anything like that that we should know about that families and loved ones should know about the person that's struggling yes one main thing that if the person is not willing 
himself or herself to make a change. It's not going yeah. to be a change, not a wholehearted change, at least. It, it can be enforced, you know, by um, employers or family members uh, saying, okay, now, now it's enough. You choose me, the bottle, right. or or I'm out, you know. And even in, in those um, uh, situations, if the person is not willing, he or she will choose the bottle. Right. Yes. Uh, so that's the sad truth uh, that you need to know. Either you hang in there mm-hmm. until the, there's a point of willingness. And even when that occurs uh, or arises, a willingness to make a change, as I said, I have come to this point time and time again <laughs> during my life. That, okay, now it's enough. I, I need to change. And it's just a, a matter of time, no? It's like a window of maybe three days tops. Yeah. Tops. And uh, if there's not action taken at that point immediately, uh, it will go a new round, you know, in that circle. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, so willingness is the main ingredients for every mm-hmm. recovery. Yeah. Uh, and willingness can come from uh, hard consequences from family members. It can. Right. Oh, that's a good so, point. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the tough one, you know, being solid in, in a decision to, you know, tough love. You're right. And family members also need to make sure, you know, they, they care for themselves, mm-hmm. not only uh, the one in trouble. Oh, that's important too. Yeah. Like you said. Because I and think tough- this, um, uh, the book itself is also a, a big help to whoever lives with an addict or uh, have uh, family members who have problems. It will, yeah. will put a new light uh, on what they're yeah. uh, dealing with or what this yeah. person is dealing with, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's it's a good point that you mentioned that that tough love sometimes you just you just don't want to make it even harder on the person, but it can be the reason that they'll be willing at one point and say, well, now I'm you know this has gotten out of hand. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Thank you uh, for sharing that one because uh, again, it's not something that we'll mention. Uh, they always say you can't. If a person's not willing to do it, they won't do it. But uh, to hear it for somebody to say they have to be and to act now when they say, okay, I I need this now, not to wait a week, but to to get it to drop everything and go. uh, That's important. Um, What would you say to somebody who... um, who's trying to get sober they just don't know where to turn to um, mm. to get that help or to you know they don't even know where to start what would what would you be what would your advice be for somebody who's trying to get sober um i would say depending on on their type of addiction or the type of struggle uh, they would look for a local 12-step mm-hmm. community 
um, and perhaps also take um, contact with a uh, medical uh, care doctor, nurse, uh, in explaining their issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, because sometimes it, we need support from both <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, both areas, um, and and um, you know there's so many different kind of twelve step groups now. There's uh, AA, NA, <laughs> CA, <clears throat> going on. No, um, um, so depending on. Um, Type of addiction, choose uh, what suits best, you know. Right. Because uh, I think uh, identification uh, is also main ingredient when you come as a newcomer, uh, that I can identify and relate to the other people who are there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, right. and I think that's also why there's um, so many different. A kind of fellowships popping up. Yeah. 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 And that makes sense too, because then the people really know what you're going through and they'll be able to understand um, if they've gone through it or they've, they've gone through it with a loved one. So that's, right. a, that's also an important, yeah. And, and to do go and get that help. Uh, there's so many people out there that are, willing to help but doing it alone is a lot of people will be embarrassed maybe or you know the show showing weak they see it as a weakness or or something but uh you know you do need that help you need that support yes it's such a strength you know it's a it's false shame you know seeking help it's right. false uh it's a it takes so much courage uh and strength to take this mm -hmm. step and ask for help and receive help, so it's it's a victory. It's the first victory you ever you know take in 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 this process. Because if you don't start, there can't be any progress. <laughs> you need yeah. to take that first step. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of strength to do it. You're right. It's a false false weakness because it does take a lot of strength to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and when, uh, these uh, fellowships, these communities are the most loving, caring, genuine people uh, that you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I could, uh, I would say that any person should visit this kind of meeting, even if you don't have a problem, <laughs> just go there and meet these people. <laughs> Because they want to share what they have received, and it is this this strength, this hope, this inspiration. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, that's good. What um, what kind of advice do you wish you would have had earlier to make your life easier? Is there anything advice or wisdom you wish you would have had? Uh, I mean, before I. I started my sober journey. Or, or even before you started drinking or anything, like any piece of life uh, advice that you wish you would have gotten sooner? I don't know. It's a very <laughs> difficult question. Um, it is. I felt very unseen when I was a child. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
I grew up in a family where addiction has been going on and uh, I felt unseen and lonely mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I had different symptoms for this, you know, migraine and not wanting going to school. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if, um, if it had been different mm-hmm. uh, for me if, uh, if someone had seen me at that point. And right. lifted me up. Uh, I don't know, but um, I am. Um, what advice I wish I had gotten? I don't know. I can't answer. <laughs> I can't answer, Danielle. It's a difficult. It's, it's a difficult it's one. It's a speculation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get it. It's, it's not an easy one because it depends on the situation and when that that advice would have come in if you would have received it or just brushed it away and uh, I'm thinking maybe in school uh, I was uh, was a mess in school you know uh, the late late years (laughs) we don't have the same system school system here but uh, yeah um, when I was maybe from 15 to 19 you know this my teachers knew they observed and they spoke to my parents but there there weren't enough consequences for me yeah 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 so that uh, as we spoke about earlier you know consequences can be good (laughs) yeah yeah, it could be the reason that that makes you decide. Oh, this this needs to end now. Yes. Yeah. And when uh, after school, I I left home and I went to to Spain to Madrid, and there I was, you know, completely on my own, can do what whatever I wanted. Right. So it was uh, time for progressiveness in my yeah. <laughs> consumption. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you had an open, uh, yes. it was an open book then, yes. Um, how do you find, um, how do you find balance in your life with work, with, uh, you know, life, with your your son and family, everything? How uh, how do you find the balance? It's hard, really hard to find balance. But one uh, mod- model, you say like that, model, <laughs> I have, uh, yeah. is that... Uh, I need to rest first mm-hmm. before I do anything else. I rest first before I'm gonna clean my apartment. I rest first <laughs> before I'm gonna do this and this assignment. I rest first. I do a lot of prayer and meditation, mm-hmm. and um, um, it, it's it strengthened me mm-hmm. because I had uh, in. A couple of years ago, I don't know now, it's uh, 2018, I had um, uh, exhaustion, depression, you call it like that? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, from that, I have really learned uh, that I need to uh, scale down and uh, take uh, one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. And that's good. Um, mm. And so I like asking this question because everybody is different and that's it's kind of the show that there's not a, 
a magic formula. Everybody, you need to listen to your body. And sometimes you may not need that rest, but there are days where you absolutely need it before you burn out. So it's important to listen to those signs. So rest. Because that is what I will most likely not do if I don't do it first. Okay. See, and you're able to recognize that. That's good. Because a lot of people won't recognize that they need that rest and then just keep pushing through. Uh, yes, we're just yeah. in that uh, daily wheel, you know. We get up, mm -hmm. uh, make our coffee, do our breakfast, head up to work, uh, send the kids yeah. to school. Uh, we work our days and, yeah, kids come home from school, dinner. Uh, at least that's my <laughs> daily yeah. life. And <laughs> I have a lot of uh, activities, uh, you know, with my uh, ongoing program uh, recovery and so helping a lot of people so I need to make you that time yes yeah you need to recharge your battery so to say <laughs> it's just right. kind of get I that energy that picture once and then I don't know <laughs> it was like um, an image uh, on a cell phone, uh, a cell phone said mm -hmm. saying you wouldn't let this drop to red or run out your phone battery, That's but you will let your own battery exactly. run out. Yeah, we, we tend to do that. And it's we need those visuals. But yeah, rest is important. And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people will put that last or completely ignore it. And mm. you know, that's how you get a burnout. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that you're working on right now or, or anything coming up for you? Um. Yes, um, I have decided to also translate my book to Swedish <laughs> because uh, oh. I think it's only been published in English mm -hmm. uh, so far. And, and there's uh, been uh, people asking me here locally. Uh, and perhaps it will be easier to, to reach out also uh, locally if, if it's in this yes, local la language. Um, and uh, otherwise, I start a new work just... Uh, two months ago, oh, wow. uh, which is uh, very time-consuming, <laughs> starting a new mm -hmm. work. Uh, uh, I work as um, a manager for the social department at the Salvation Army here in Stockholm. Oh, wow. So it's quite large uh, mm -hmm. and um, very fun. And very, I love the people. I love the, uh, the work itself. Uh, but I, I, yeah, it's, uh, you know, starting a new, new job is always, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it comes with its challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And two months, you're still in, in it. You're still in the learning yes. process. So it's so a, it's a adjustment. Yeah. And also, mm -hmm. uh, just before this meeting, I came, I, I, I've um, asked for help again because I had a very tough uh, a season this last autumn uh, actually the son of my um, the father of my son uh, mm -hmm. who I lived with for many years is uh, passed away uh, mm -hmm. he was uh, yeah uh, he was killed actually so um, I have asked for help because this is like a trauma above anything else that I have right. ever gone through uh, so above, uh, you know, my, my normal, 
<laughs> recovery program I asked for for therapy for this as well mm -hmm. and um, so that's what uh, is taking my time and my mind and uh, yeah. my strength yeah. Yeah. so yes and even going through all of this alcohol is so called absent it's just mm -hmm. it's it's not on my mind at all i feel so so protected within nice. that area but still i need i need to handle what's going on yeah otherwise no, it might pop up further on exactly exactly no that's good that uh you're you're still keeping track of that and you're still checking in on the inside to see how things are going because that's a lot to go through in such a short period of time so it's quite a bit of time yeah uh before we wrap up i know that uh, i wanted to ask you that as well but uh would you be able to share a little excerpts of your book you kind of yes. give us a taste of what uh, what you have in the in your hands <laughs> yes i would love to uh i think i'm gonna share a portion of uh from the introduction mm -hmm. uh, and uh, most certainly you will relate to some of what have been told here already. <laughs> um, okay, I can start here. Um, much of this book refers to alcoholism, which has been the primary addiction symptom for myself as well as love addiction. However, I have applied the principles in this book to many other addictions and dysfunctional behaviors as well. The illness of addiction is described as being threefold. threefold. It has to do with the fact that we as humans are three part beings, that we consist of spirit, body, and soul. And alcoholism deeply affects every single one of these three parts. Alcoholism is also described as a chronic disease, a hopeless condition which one really should not be able to do anything about. That is, medical science has no cure for real or real help for alcoholism. This is because medical care only treats two parts of the human being, the body and the soul, the flesh and the mind. Med medicine is not allowed to treat the spiritual part of man for the simple reason that traditional medical care is based on natural science. As a result, medical care is simply not allowed to treat patients according to spiritual needs. So therefore, the diagnosis is named chronic al alcoholism, meaning that it's incurable from a medical point of view. But millions of people have found a solution to their addiction by following the spiritual path. I will jump a bit. Um, I had a lot of support from my alcohol therapist and the healthcare center I went to during my first year sober. I remained sober, though it was really tough times. I can't say that I was content with the sober life, but I did okay. I received strength to end the dysfunctional and unhealthy, unhealthy relationship I was caught up in. And I practiced being honest about myself and my condition and speaking out loud about what was going on inside my mind. 
The best help and advice I ever got from my therapist was her honesty when she told me, we can't do more for you here now. You need to continue your journey with fellowship with other recovering addicts. For me, at that point, it didn't make much sense, but I'm forever grateful that I trusted her and followed the recommendation. I had had my startup with her and was ready to take a leap of faith and get more involved in fellowship with other people living a recovering lifestyle. And it has been my foundational, foundational platform of living ever since. <clears throat> A person who truly connects with this message in their heart will never be the same again and will never be able to drink or use their addiction with the same old habitual mindset again. There are already millions of testimonies around the world of people who advocate the principles discussed in this book. People who were hopelessly lost, people who have been condemned for the betterment by doctors, families, and society, but people for whom, after embracing the message, and together with other recovering people in a loving community, and with the power of God, have experienced that a happy, sober lifestyle is truly possible. The perception of God is most individual, personal, and intimate for every human being. It can sometimes be difficult to put into words and speak about with other people around you even with other people who also already may be believers. But as the years have gone by, I have found myself more and more drawn to the wisdom of the Christian tradition and principles of living. And it's a bit peculiar and extraordinary since I don't have much of, of that from my upbringing or from other family members. I was born and raised in Sweden, which is one of the most agnostic and atheistic countries on the globe. And there is no place for God in the everyday life for the average Swede. I didn't have any Christian role models during my youth. I've come to believe, based on my own experiences, when experimenting through prayer and meditation and following the directions revealed in my heart. From my perspective, it's up to every single person to find their own spiritual path. My hope? is that every reader is able to read this book with an open mind and a sense of curiosity. We are all our own personal spiritual experiments. There is nothing to lose by trying to seek wholeheartedly, but rather everything to win. Follow the road signs along this hidden path to recovery. Mm. That was beautiful. Very nice, and, and thank you so much for sharing that because that's just the beginning of the book it's just the introduction and from there there's so much more that people can get from that book so thank you again thank for writing it <laughs> thank you thank so you. much for writing it but this and Derek, I thank you for loving for this beautiful testimonial you, you <laughs> wrote for me uh, yeah. when, I, when I wanted to launch the book I still it's still the best most appreciated testimonial I've received <laughs> Oh, thank you. No, but honestly, I did. I appreciated that book so much. Like I said, with the clients of mine, um, it changed my perspective on how to approach it, how to see it, how to understand it from their point of view, as opposed mm -hmm. to a clinical point of view. And, and that's what I like about the introduction that you read is they don't treat the spiritual um, side. They can't. It's, it's scientifically, it's hard to, to put 
a, a formula, <laughs> some mm. kind of scientific on on spirituality, and uh, so that just opened up my eyes to so much. So thank you again. Mm. And before we wrap it up, um, I always ask this question just because I always like I I'm I'm all about growth. We we have to evolve. If you stay stagnant, nothing nothing good comes from not moving. So my question is, uh, what would you like to be when you grow up, or what do you want to be when you grow up? I. I think that I am already growing up. <laughs> I'm progressing <laughs> in my growing upness, <laughs> and uh, uh, I I think I I aim to uh, to to grow in my most inner essence even more. Uh, to be even more wise, <laughs> to be able to help people in a correct way, because that is what's uh, put on my heart to help people. You know, with this book as a, as a mentor uh, in my day work <laughs> I do now, all this yeah. comes down to being a, a vessel of 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 God's power in my life, basically. So. I want to grow in that. Yes. Yeah. And oh, that's beautiful. There's... I don't I don't have a title. I nope. saint. I don't that's... know. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to go there. No, it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, you can heal a lot through helping others as well. So it's it's a great thing. And you're doing wonderful work. Honestly, for anybody who's listening or watching right now, that book is definitely something that we should all be reading uh, to be able to help people around us. There's so many people who suffer in silence that uh, it's important to have those resources. Uh, now, how can people reach you, follow you? How can they get your book? I'll, I'll add all of that in the description of and in the comments yeah. of uh, this episode. You're more than welcome to uh, reach out. You can um, contact me on my email. It's called uh, Helen at inspirationslabet.se. <laughs> it's uh, but you you can type it out. <laughs> it's easier. I will type it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, or my website, it's uh, inspirationslabet.se. Uh, I had no intention going international when uh, uh, signing up for my website or host <laughs> domain. <laughs> then I could have used an easier um, typo. But uh, also there's a Facebook uh, page for the book uh, called Never Again, The Evil Cycle of Addiction. There's an um, Instagram account you can look me up, either my okay. personal name, Helen Lidman, or never again. Okay, that sounds good. And I'll put that up in the uh, the description as well, so it's easier for them to follow. And I like that awesome. you kept the Swedish, uh, the, the Swedish spelling for it, because then it just, it, it shows the authenticity of the work. It's <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one way of seeing. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I do like it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share some of your story. I know that uh, not always easy to share, but uh, it's, it's, it's an important message to be out there. And I really appreciate all the work that you do. So thank, thank you, you again. again. So Thank much. you. 
Thank you. And for everybody listening or watching, don't forget to follow Helen and her beautiful work as well. And uh, don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to this channel as well. And uh, wishing you all the best. And until next time, stay safe, stay awesome. And we'll talk soon.